We give you all the praise and honor and glory for those things that are said and done in thy name. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, like I said, turn to John chapter 12. We're around verse 37. It's an interesting thing here. The title of my message is um, Would Not, Could Not, Should Not. And it really is an amazing thing if you believe in free will, uh, which I don't know anybody in here that doesn't believe that man has a free will. Um, Because can you imagine the dilemma if you don't? If you don't have free will, everything you do is God's fault. I've said that over and over and over again. I'll say it again. But in John chapter 12, verse 37, the Bible says, But though He had done so many miracles before them, yet they believed not on Him. Notice they believed not on Him. They would not. They were unwilling. That the saying of Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled, which he spake, Lord, who hath believed our report, and to whom hath the arm of the Lord been revealed? Therefore, they could not believe, because that Isaiah said again. So they, they would not, now they could not. Isaiah said again, verse 40, He hath blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts, that they should not. So they would not could not, now they should not see with their eyes, nor understand with their heart, and be converted, I should heal them. These sayings said Isaiah, when he saw his glory, and spake of him. Now, this is critically important, because when you think of the story of Pharaoh, if you remember the story, and we'll go back to Exodus chapter 4, but in Exodus chapter 4, the Bible says, I will harden his heart. And because that is said first, many people think, well, God hardened Pharaoh's heart, and that's why he never let the nation of Israel go. Well, God did harden his heart, that's why he didn't let the nation go. But Pharaoh hardened his heart first, and that's what we're going to see today. Because if you read this right here, it says they believe not, they would not. They willed not to believe. That's the first, and this is the order. Then they could not. You can get too far in your life where when you don't do the will of God, you can't do the will of God. And then he hardened their hearts that they should not see. And so when he hardens their hearts, they don't even have the opportunity to see. uh, Because they've gone too far. And, And listen, that's just life. That's the way it is. You can push... In your life, things too far to where you go beyond uh, really what you're able to turn around. There are people that drink, get drunk. Christians drink, get drunk. Cirrhosis of the liver, they're never healed, they die. They become addicted. And, and then they wonder, well, why, why can't I get through this? Why can't I get over this? Well, because you, you, you would not. And then you could not, now you should not. And it isn't up to God to fix every problem in our lives. Those things that we bring upon ourselves, we've got to humbly ask God for help. Going back to Pharaoh, go back to Exodus chapter 4. We're going to run this thing. I I really enjoyed studying it because, um, you know, I already know it, meaning I already know man has free will. But when you realize the errors that are taught, it is amazing what you see. Exodus 4, verse 21. 
is the first time you find hardened or hardened or whatever the, 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 the style is in verse 21 of chapter 4. And the Lord said unto Moses, When thou goest to return into Egypt, see that thou do all these wonders before Pharaoh, which I have put in thine hand, but I will harden his heart that he shall not let the people go. So God's going to harden his heart that he won't let the people go. Romans chapter 9 uh, says that he would raise thee up, talking about Pharaoh, to show my power. Pharaoh was an example of doing your own thing, and then God used him as a bad example for all of us not to follow. There are bad examples in the Bible, Judas Iscariot being one of them. Don't ever sell out your, your future, your eternity your, of sorts. I mean, we're saved, we're eternally saved. Look at chapter 7, verse 3, or start in verse 1. This is the second time Harden is in there. Verse 1, the Lord said unto Moses, See, I have made thee a god to Pharaoh, little g, because they worshipped other gods. He was feared of Moses, that's why he said he was a god to Pharaoh. And Aaron thy brother shall be thy prophet. Thou shalt speak all that I command thee, and Aaron thy brother shall speak unto Pharaoh, that he send the children of Israel out of his land. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart and multiply my signs and wonders in the land of Egypt. So he's going to multiply those signs and wonders, but he's going to harden Pharaoh's heart after Pharaoh already hardened his heart. Now, you're not told that in Exodus. That's the problem in not reading your Bible cover to cover. Because if you only read the book of Exodus, you may end up with false doctrine. Look at verse 13. Here's the third time hardness is found there. We'll go back to verse 10. Moses and Aaron went in unto Pharaoh. They did so as the Lord had commanded. Aaron cast down his rod before Pharaoh, before his servants, and it became a serpent. Then Pharaoh also called the wise men, the sorcerers, now the magicians of Egypt, they also did in like manner with their enchantments. So they were able to duplicate the miracle of God. For they cast down every man his rod, they became serpents. But you all know the story. But Aaron's rod swallowed up their rods. Aaron's rod swallowed up their rods. Not the serpent, but the rod. So that one rod ate up all the other rods. Now that's pretty amazing. Verse 13, And he, God, hardened Pharaoh's heart, that he hearkened not unto them, as the Lord had said. Why? Because Pharaoh willed to harden his heart. You're not told that in Exodus. Again, I, you've, I, I don't know how much I can stress this, but if you only read Exodus, you will come away thinking that Pharaoh never had free will. But that's going to contradict other scripture that we're going to look at. Now, look at chapter 8. And here is the, um, I think the fifth time is, is in verse 22 of chapter 7. Uh, sixth time is in chapter 8, verse, let me see where I want to go. Verse 12, Moses and Aaron went out from Pharaoh. Moses cried unto the Lord because of the frogs which he had brought against Pharaoh. And the Lord did according to the word of Moses. And the frogs died out of the houses, and out of the villages, and out of the fields. And they gathered them together upon heaps, and the land stank. <laughs> Can you imagine all those frogs? And when Pharaoh saw that there was respite, 
He hardened his heart and hearkened not unto them as the Lord had said. Sometimes if God gives wicked uh, people a break, they turn further away and become less thankful. That's what you see right there. Um, sinners grow accustomed to ever deepening sin by adjusting standards down. They just keep adjusting their standard down. So he got respite. What did it do? It hardened his heart. He hardened his heart. Could be that Pharaoh hardened his own heart um, because Pharaoh is in the context, but we'll just say it's God. It, it really doesn't matter. So here's the key. So as you're going through your Bible, you end up reading through it, and you get to 1 Samuel where you're going to find the key to the book of Exodus. 1 Samuel chapter 6. Now again, I, I'm, I'm going to stress it. If you read only the book of Exodus, you will come to the conclusion that man has no free will, or at least in this case, Pharaoh did not. That is not true. Because as you're reading chapter 6, verse 6 of 1 Samuel... Look at what it says. Wherefore then do ye harden your hearts as the Egyptians and Pharaoh harden their hearts? When he had wrought wonderfully among them, did they not let the people go and they departed? Now therefore make a new cart and so on. Right there you're told the Egyptians and Pharaoh harden their hearts. Exodus, you're not told that. Exodus, you're told, I will harden his heart. Exodus chapter 4. He hardens his heart. But here you're told God is holding these people accountable. And they're, they're accountable because they're hardening their hearts just like they did, like the Egyptians did, and just like Pharaoh did. How can God hold somebody accountable if God hardens the heart without the individual having a choice? How can God send somebody to hell if He only died for a certain group? He's going to hold them accountable for not believing? Just like we were back there in John, they believed not. Therefore, they could not believe, and therefore, they should not see with their eyes and so on and so forth. So again, that, so, so that, that scenario in John is the actual scenario that you have back there in the book of Exodus. Look at Psalm 95. Now, if you don't have a choice, then Psalm 95 would not make any sense. Psalm 95, um, we can start in verse 1. Oh, come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. So who's the rock of Israel's salvation? It's the Lord. Let us come before His presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto Him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. In His hand are the deep places of the earth, and the strength of the hills is His also. The sea is His, and He made it, and His hands formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. What a tremendous psalm. For He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture, and the sheep of His hand. Today, if ye will hear His voice... Look at what he says. Harden not your heart as in the provocation, as in the day of the temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me and proved me and saw my work, forty years long was I grieved with this generation and said, It is a people that do err in their heart, and they have not known my ways, unto whom I swear in my wrath that they should not enter into my rest. 
They're not going across Jordan and they're not going in the promised land. But the point is, he's in verse 8, he says, Harden not your hearts like you did in, in the wilderness. So there's a choice. Again, you, if you just read Exodus, you got a problem. And that's why preachers always stress, read your whole Bible, don't take one verse and make a whole doctrine out of it. God hardened Pharaoh's heart. I don't believe in free will, somebody might say. And it's a false doctrine. But I get it. So why did God write it that way? Because if you want to believe in a false doctrine, all you've got to do is ignore the truth or not, not study to show thyself approved, to work beneath not to be shamed. Or you just don't read it. Or you don't listen to preaching. You get your mindset. You read a book and you go, oh, that book is more important than what the Bible says. No. You've got to make sure that whatever truth you get is backed up by Scripture, but you got to watch out. You can take, I can prove anything I want using the Bible. I can prove anything. And all, all you have to do is take it out of context. All you've got to do is take one verse. All you've got to do is take several verses. All you've got to do is use the wrong version. I can show you God is sovereign in the Bible, so to speak. It's the ESV five times it uses the word sovereign. Why does the ESV use sovereign? And it's a, it's a 21st century version. Why does it use sovereign? Because Calvinists wrote it and produced it and changed the words to match their doctrine so that when people read the ESV, somebody can go to them and say, look, it says right there, God is sovereign. Now, is God sovereign? Yes, but He never put it in the Bible. Why not? Because God's merciful too. And God, God's, you know, God didn't put it in there because He did not want somebody to be able to twist that like that, so He made it much harder. How did He make it harder? All you got to do is say, well, I want to copyright, come out with my own version, and, and pervert the truth, and that's how I'm going to do it. And that person, those people, that group are responsible for that. You can't blame God. Because you ought to know better. Just think about it. 150 different modern versions. How in the world can they all be right? And how, what, what's the concept? Well, if I was, you know, I've written several books. Used one Bible version to do it. Okay? I mean, I did comparisons for comparative purposes. But let's say I'm writing a book and I use, I have 150 different versions at my, my disposal that I would be willing to use in my book. What would I do? Well, I'm trying to teach this truth. Well, let me go to a, let me go to a Bible search program that has all those versions in it, find that word that I'm looking for, and then quote that and say, that's my proof text for the, the, what I'm trying to teach. But many times, that truth is, is, is skewed and you've got to be careful when you say, well, I sure, I sure understand what that means a whole lot easier than I understand the King James. What are you understanding? Is it truth? And that's the problem. So let's look at, look at Proverbs chapter 28. Proverbs chapter 28.
Look at, um, well, look at 13. He that covereth his sins shall not prosper. Whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. So should you confess and forsake your sins? Yeah. If you want mercy, oh, I'm already forgiven. You're forgiven eternally, but do you have practical forgiveness? Do you have everyday forgiveness, living forgiveness, daily forgiveness? Look at verse 14. Happy is the man that feareth always, but he that hardeneth his heart shall fall into mischief. So is it a choice that you make? Absolutely. You harden your own heart. Look at Hebrews chapter 3. Hebrews 3 sort of repeats but it, what we're looking at, and it's the last one we're going to look at in this subject. Hebrews chapter 3 talks about, in verse 8, verse 7, Wherefore is the Holy Ghost saith today, if ye will hear His voice. Remember that? That's what we were reading back there. Harden not your hearts, as in the provocation, in the day of the temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, saw my works forty years, wherefore I was grieved with this, that generation, and said, They do always err in their heart, and they have not known my ways. So I swear unto, in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. And yet in Exodus chapter 33, he promised them rest. Look at verse um, 15. While it is said, today, if ye will hear His voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. Again, it's the same thing we read before. Look at chapter 4, verse 7. Again, He limiteth a certain day, saying in David, today, after so long a time, as it is said, today, if ye will hear His voice, harden not your hearts. For if Jesus had not given them rest then would he not afterward have spoken of another another day. By the way, that is not Joshua. That is Jesus. Jesus is in the Old Testament. And that's important to understand that Jesus is there. It's not Jesus came into existence in, in when he was born. Um, so he said, harden not your hearts over and over again. So go back to uh, John chapter 12. John chapter 12. Hey, can you um, can you call Heather? You got your phone? She just called me twice. Um, just go outside or take your keys. I've answered the phone twice when I've been preaching, but today's not one of them. Um, So, <laughs> I could hear that. Why didn't you answer your phone? Uh, Dad's preaching. So, I think it's okay. But you never know. All right, look at verse 41 of John 12. These things said Isaiah when he saw his glory and spake of him. Nevertheless, among the chief rulers also many believed on him. But because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogues. 
So that's a problem. You know, the chief rulers, many of them, it says also many believed. The chief rulers. Can you imagine if the chief rulers in that day would have said, we all believe on Jesus, we all believe on Jesus, the, 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 the outcome would have been there. Now, Jesus would have still gone to the cross, but so many more other people would have been influenced. You know what the problem in society today is? You've got closet Christians. You have Christians that are, are not um, willing to put themselves out there for fear of persecution or fear of failure or, or whatever it may be. Um, but you and I need to learn that that's an important thing. Verse uh, 43, why did they not confess Him? For they love the praise of men more than the praise of God. They love the praise of men more than the praise of God. Galatians 1.10 says, seek to please, do, you, do I seek to please men or do I seek to please God? And that's what my whole life is. That's what your whole life should be. Do you seek to please God or man? If you're into pleasing man, first of all, you will never please Him. I had a situation on the Republican Club. One of the guys, you know, I told you about it a little while ago, eight days after this guy had COVID and he was at the meeting, um, I found out about it. So I put out an email and said, listen, everybody, somebody that was there had COVID. People were face-to-face with him and don't have any symptoms. Eight days later, people were in the car with him, gave him a ride, and people were at his table and nobody showed any symptoms. Just letting you know. Guy writes back and says, well, don't you think without telling us the name, you're just, you know, you're, you're, not, you're not helping anything. You're causing a worse problem. I said, well, my board decided, and I agreed with him, that I don't tell the name. And so we went back and forth, and uh, he came back on me again and said something else. And I just said, well, here it is. I said, if I don't put it out, people can look at me and say, you know, you're, you, you, you're, you're not uh, doing the right thing. I said, and the other thing that I told him, I said, look, I cannot please everybody all the time. That's, the, that's, that's what church is all about. There is no way for a pastor to please everybody in the church. You can have an idea and a thought, and you can say that idea and thought. I'm glad you came back in quicker, a little quicker next time, because um, I have been totally distracted. Um, you can have, wherever I was going, um, you can have an idea and thought, but, you know, somebody else has another idea and thought. And then it's like, which one do you do? And, it, and it's a real dilemma. I mean, you can't please everybody, but the thing is, you know, so-and-so said this, and so-and-so said this, and they're diametrically opposed, and you got to choose, you, you have a decision that you made, and it's like, what do you do? You can't, and you just want to say, Stop the input sometimes. Because if you're not careful, I mean, look, maybe somebody come in here and say, well, I don't like the way the bulletin board is back there. You know, I think we ought to have it where, it, where it's one board and it flips like this, you know, and so I change it. And somebody comes back and says, it's been that way 30 years. What are you doing? You can't change it. We like it the old way. And, and Barbara, we're not changing it. Barbara likes it that way. But I'm just using that as an example. So, you know, what do you do? Man, you just try to find out how to please God. That's all. You just try to find out how to please God. Um, So in verse 44, Jesus cried and said, He that believeth on me. Now watch this. He that believeth on me, believeth not on me, but on him that sent me. So the whole point is, 
You believing on Jesus Christ is believing on the Father. 45. And he that seeth me seeth him that sent me. If you saw Jesus, you saw the Father because they're one. I am come a light into the world that whosoever believeth on me should not abide in darkness. What a great passage. And if any man hear my words and believe not, I judge him not, for I came not to judge the world, but to save the world. He says, I am not going to judge, but there's something that is going to judge, and it's His Word. The Word of God will judge you. Verse 48, He that rejecteth me and receiveth not my words hath one that judgeth him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last days. So one more verse, look at Revelation chapter 20. Revelation chapter 20, and let me show you where this is. Um, he says, the word that I have spoken. Now, what's the word that Jesus spoke? You say, oh, it's the red letters. It's every one of them. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. The earth stopped form, void, dark upon the face of the Spirit of God, moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. That's Jesus, That's Jesus speaking. But the point is, even verse 1. In the beginning, it's all spoken by God. It is all the Word of God. So in Revelation chapter 20, um, it talks about the book being open, which is the book of life, but it also talk about, talks about the books. Look at verse 12. I saw the dead, this is Revelation 20, 12. I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were open. And another book was open. So you got the books and the book which is the book of life. So the book singular is the book of life, and the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. So what's written in the books? Well, it, it could just be the Word of God. And they're judged out of those things written in the books according to their works because their works are contrary to what the Word says. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works. So you're judged according to your works. But be careful because, again, this is one of those, those passages that can get you. And death and hell were cast in the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever didn't have good works in the books, that's not what it says. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast in the lake of fire. So the books are open and you're judged, your works are judged according to the books, which is probably the word of God that's going to judge them. But it, that doesn't determine your eternal salvation. What, deter, what determines your eternal salvation? Whether your name's in the book of life. So you're going to receive. So, so just like the judgment seat of Christ, you're going to you're going to receive a reward at the judgment seat of Christ if your works don't burn up. If they burn up, well, then you'll suffer loss. Yet you'll be saved. Let's go back to John 12 and finish out the chapter. Two more verses. For I have not spoken of. This is John 12 verse 49. For I have not spoken of myself, but the Father which sent me, He gave me a commandment, what I should say and what I should speak. And I know this is His commandment. I know that His commandment is life everlasting. Whatsoever I speak, therefore, even as the Father said unto me, so I speak. That's why every preacher wants to speak according to the will of God. Only way to do that is the Word of God. That's it. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we do thank you for your many blessings. Guide, lead, and direct, Lord. And uh, Lord, we just want your will to be done in our lives. Help us to look into the book, learn the book, study the book, read the book, love the book, preach the book, teach the book, and help others to see the truth from the book. 
We pray this in Jesus' name and for His sake. Amen. Go ahead and play some music and we'll just have a moment.